Mobile is the future. Use it to power up your profits. Welcome to Mobile Power and Profit, presented by Rumble. Our show focuses on the latest news and information impacting mobile marketers, publishers, and technologists. We speak with the power players of mobile monetization. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Mobile Power and Profit, presented by Rumble. Please welcome our host, Wen Tu. Welcome to Mobile Power and Profit, presented by Rumble, the ultimate platform to run your mobile business. This is your host, Wen Tu, and each week we discuss a key aspect of the mobile industry with the mobile thought leader. There's a lot that goes on into making a great app. Big brands are making big investments in mobile as a critical component of a cohesive business strategy. But it doesn't end once you've gone through the planning, building, and launching of your app. Today, we have David Zhang from Grow Mobile to discuss the ever-evolving marketing needs of mobile-first companies. David Zhang is a director of account management at Grow Mobile. Previously, David was the director of account management at LifeStreet Media. David has led account management and sales operations for performance advertising networks across web, social, and mobile verticals. Welcome to the show, David. Thanks, Wynn. Really appreciate you having me on. Great. So when it comes to mobile marketing, um, a big theme is user acquisition. And part of that is, although there are over 2,500 apps being submitted to the three big app stores every single day, almost 70% of these apps only generate less than 5,000 downloads. So what separates successful apps from the not-so-successful ones? You know, I think when it comes down to it, Quality of content is always the key driver, uh, and, and I'm a big, big believer that content uh, and good products will make uh, a, a lot more impact than uh, something that a user acquisition group can do or a media source can do. I think the underlying foundation has to be a good quality content. Uh, and so a developer that has greater commitment to building a good product, a good understanding of their users, a, a good understanding of what that content will look like in the real world, in the user environment, goes a really, really long way. So when you talk about good content, you're talking to, about a very specific set of apps in the app store, um, publisher or media-related ones. Um, are you also including retail or other functional apps when you talk about content, or are you more focused on the publisher-driven ones? No, it actually goes across the board. It, it could be a retail app. It could be a travel app. It could be a utility app. Uh, I think uh, the most important thing is the content and the product itself is good. Uh, and, and I should have clarified when I say content, I also mean product itself. Yeah. Uh, so when, whenever you have a really good product, a really good content, and something that you know really brings value to a user, that, like I mentioned, goes a really, really long way. So, you know, it's a little bit of, you know, if you build it, they will come. So how do you know you have a good product then? Yeah, I think, you know, when clients work with us, you know, they definitely worry about, well, do, do I have the right product? Do, do I have what we think is a good product uh, in the real life environment? Uh, 
Uh, and so we kind of help them answer those types of questions by doing small UA campaigns, by releasing uh, you know, a very, very limited budget just to test and buy some good quality users and allow them to gather data. So you know, to answer your question, I think you're absolutely right. Um, how do developers actually know that they have good content? How do they know that they have a good product? Uh, well, by by gathering data, that is a big, big component on realizing what uh, what their product means and if that product is good. Uh, and we try to solve that problem for our clients. So what do you do in the early stages in which you're collecting directional data or feedback data? What sort of test or how do you collect the data or what type of data are you collecting to really help inform your clients um, about the quality of their product? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, one of the things that we focus on is providing transparency uh, in where we buy the media, right? Uh, as you know, there's a lot of different avenues, there's a lot of different ad networks, there's a lot of different channels that you can actually buy media from. Uh, for us, we try to point out every different channel so they understand where A is coming from, where B is coming from, providing them that transparency. Uh, and then from there, gathering the data that they pass to us, right? On the mobile side, the beauty of mobile is uh, there is a lot of data from the developers. So if they're able to see that data and pass it back to us, we can then associate that data with where the user is coming from. And by understanding where the user is coming from and by providing that transparency to the client, then they are able to match that with the data that they're seeing and have a better idea of, well, are these good users or are these bad users? And so what's some rule of thumb metrics that most everyone should be collecting um, when it comes to user acquisition data? Yeah, I think, you know, I think retention is definitely up there. I think you're going to hear retention quite a bit. Uh, I think uh, post-install uh, events, meaning, uh, you know, are they registering for the site? Uh, are they completing a level up? Uh, are they corresponding messages within the app? Uh, depending on the app, you know, there, there's a lot of different triggers that can uh, that can define a good user versus a bad user. Uh, and I think it's very, very important that the client uh, keeps track of those events. And then if they're able to keep those keep track of those events and pass that back to us, it really allows us to understand what channels work best for each client. So does that mean that with Grow Mobile, you guys, um, for lack of better um, wording, A-B test uh, user journey, how people come to download the apps? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, what you mean is may maybe not A-B testing, but we definitely test different channels. Um, like, like I mentioned, you know, for the most part, we have a really good understanding of what channels will work and what doesn't. But it's always worth testing to have a better understanding. Uh, it may not be a straight A-B test, uh, but we certainly do test different channels, uh, making sure that we have a good variety of different placements and a good variety of avenues that we think will work uh, and you know we'll be able to then filter out what doesn't work yeah one of the complaints I hear a lot about user acquisition is that you spend a lot of money for cost per user and then the user comes in and maybe downloads it once or it, they download it accidentally and things like that and the retention is quite horrible so how does your company really help clients improve that retention after spending so much money to acquire the users in the first place 
Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that's one of the biggest challenges that a lot of developers have is they want to be efficient in their buying, right? They don't want to buy a user that may not stay in the game. The, the reality of the space is there's a lot of inventory, there's a lot of placements, uh, and finding the right placements is not easy. Uh, and we try to help the clients do that. Uh, and going back to what we've been talking about so far, uh, I think there's a couple of components making sure that these users are good users for the client. One, I think, again, content has a large play to it, or the product itself. Uh, so obviously, you know, I, if the product is not appealing to the client or to the user, I should say, excuse me, the uh, the end user, they could potentially bail. Uh, in addition, you know, testing different platforms, different tracking uh, placements, uh, et cetera, that's also important. And that way we can source, you know, uh, channel A doesn't work because we've seen X amount of users fall off. So we won't use that. Uh, or B works really well. Let's continue to use that. So to answer your question, uh, you know, really for us is being one, making sure the product is good so it matches the users that we're going to bring. And then two, also testing and looking at data where if channels don't work, we kind of get away from it as quickly as possible. So seeing that your clients are develop, um, developers, um, you're sometimes stuck in a, between a rock and a hard place when things don't go well in which is it? Because the product is bad is why there's not a lot of retention, or is it because the quality of the UA campaigns are bad, hence low retention? How do you sort of solve that, um, seeing that it's in your best interest to make sure UA campaigns are good, but it's also developers. They develop the app, and that's their baby. It's very hard to sort of look in the mirror and say the product is bad. So how do you navigate that fine line? Totally. And, you know, that, that's a great question. I think, you know, we, we certainly see those challenges. Uh, and I think, you know, when we approach clients and when we bring on advertisers and developers, we think of the relationship as a partnership. Uh, and so we have to work with them uh, on the product just as they would work with us on the UA strategy. So I think, uh, you know, we have to have honest conversations with our clients. We have to have good feedback for the clients. Uh, obviously, you know, we're seeing a large array of apps, a large array of different types of apps. So that those learnings and those feedbacks that we have and those interactions that we have with Stay tuned for more mobile power and profit after this brief profit timeout. Internet Marketing Inc. designs fully integrated digital programs that improve brand experiences and grow businesses through valuable data insights and strategy across all types of media. Paid, owned, and earned. Their digital experts nimbly adapt strategy by providing you a comprehensive view of your brand's online audience and program performance. If you are looking for a data-driven approach to online marketing and advertising, call Internet Marketing Inc. today at 866-563-0620 or visit internetmarketinginc.com. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, so you know their SEO experts. But did you know they can help you with PBC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. 
Introducing Rumble, the smart mobile management system, the first end-to-end mobile platform where you can make real-time app modifications from a point-and-click dashboard. Want to change the design of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Want to change the ad map of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Want to change the content mix of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Power your mobile business with Rumble. Are you ready to rumble? Visit www.rumble.me. Giving you the power to increase your profits. This is Mobile Power and Profit, presented by Rumble, only on webmasterradio.fm. Once again, here's Wen Tu. Welcome back to Mobile Power and Profit. We've been learning a lot about mobile user acquisition with David Zhang. So, David, I want to move on to user engagement. With so many apps available out there, it's easy to see why keep keeping users interested is really hard work. Some studies out there say that most users at most use about three apps on a daily basis. Um, and it's really simple for people to delete an app or even forget that the app is even on their phone um, after they download it. So with that in mind, how can app developers keep the interest of users that are swamped with so many options and distractions? This really goes back to what our original conversation started with. Uh, you know, I really believe in content and the product. So I think you know, for the developer to have a valuable experience or having uh, giving a user a valuable experience and for them to keep coming back is really based on on creating good content, creating good products, making whatever the Dicky, uh, creating a virality behind it, uh, creating a, a, a app and that makes the user want to continue to come back. Uh, and, and I know it sounds, you know, real simple, but you know these are challenges that every developer has, uh, and so we try to provide as much feedback as we can, uh, giving them advice on where areas make sense and where it doesn't. And, and part of that also relies on the developer to do testing. Uh, I think testing is also very important. Uh, so if they're able to test certain content or certain push notifications to see if these bring back users at a higher level, I think it's definitely worth testing. So, you know, build a great app for. What are some specific examples or what have you found that has been surprisingly very effective um, that your clients have been able to do when it comes to improving their app engagement? Yeah, I, th- I think, you know, what, one of the things that uh, our more successful clients have done is creating content that is incredibly valuable to the user where they can't get anywhere else. Uh, as you know, there's a lot of different apps that are very similar in its nature. There's a lot of different uh, products that are very similar. Uh, but the more successful ones are really able to differentiate themselves by creating something that a user cannot get anywhere else. Can and that. I, I'm sorry? Can you give us an example? Oh yeah, so so one one of the things uh, one of the clients that we work with very closely is Pixelberry. Um, the, their apps are High School Story and Hollywood U. You know they do a really good job of writing extremely good content. Uh, they provide valuable uh, lessons within their content. Uh, a large portion of their product team are actually writers. Some of them have an educational background. Uh, so a lot of what they're producing is valuable to a user because it allows them to really learn, right? So 
So high school story has a component in there where as the user is playing the game, they're actually studying for the SATs. Uh, and so their target audience who are teenage kids not only are having fun and playing a game, but they're also actually answering SAT questions. So, so there's value behind that type of player uh, may not have. And, and that really brings back users and creates a lot of value for that user. So is there something special besides having, you know, SAT questions and it's, um, and it's valuable to the SAT students um, that the company employed in which they saw their retention rates go up? Was there a tactic or a, uh, a, a pr- procedure anything like that that can be applied to a wider range of our listeners out there? Yeah, you know, I think that their their main tactic was really also testing and understanding the data. And that kind of goes back to what we originally talked about, uh, and which is obviously more applicable uh, across uh, many different types of apps. I, I think for them, they learned that by producing this, this type of product, they were able to test it first. Did, did the retentions look good because of X product or because... Uh, and, sorry. So what are some of the tests that they did that they were able to get this valuable feedback? Yeah, so they were they were able to see, well, if we release this, what kind of uh, retentions will we see? Uh, and I think that's going back to what we were talking about earlier is very, very important is releasing uh, – certain content, certain products, uh, certain components within the app, and measuring that. So I think uh, having an understanding of that measurement then enables them to understand, wow, this is, you know, this really increased X amount retention. We should do that again next month or X, or X time range. So, so really understanding uh, the metrics allows you to be better informed about what tactics works and what doesn't. So when they were testing various content, um, and they saw if it improved retention or not, were they doing that via types of SAT questions? Were they doing push notifications? I'm, I'm just having a hard time really visualizing um, these great tests that they were doing to really improve their retention. Yeah, so w- when I say test uh, uh, or these type of uh, content tests is when they uh, when they release X amount of content uh, to X amount of users. So it is kind of going back to what you were saying earlier as well, right? A/B testing, uh, seeing if you know these users will do well with this content and will these users do well without the content. Uh, so I think uh, that is applicable across the board, being able to do different types of A/B testing within the product. Yep. And so as, you know, all your clients do these various tests to really push retention, what's sort of like a rule of thumb benchmark that all um, app developers or clients should really go for? What are sort of the best uh, retention numbers at the high end that you're doing great or what's something that's sort of average that you've seen in the marketplace? Yeah, you know, retention benchmark is uh, an interesting question because we we certainly do get asked that quite often. Um, However, you know, benchmarks really do differ based on the app itself. Uh, As you can imagine, a utility app will differ from a social networking app versus a game versus a retail product. Um, So every app is very different. uh, And so benchmarks really do differ based on those apps. Yep. So for instance, Facebook, right? Their retention rates must be 
enormously great at probably exactly. 90 percent plus up right so would it be considered a success like obviously you can't compete with sort of the 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 power of facebook but is 50 percent a good number is 30 percent you know there must be a range in which you know um if a client is hiring you guys if you guys are showing that you guys have added value or not what is that percentage number yeah, you know, I think, again, it also differs on how you're looking at it. If you're looking at it from a day one perspective, a day seven perspective, a day 30 perspective, uh, I think overall, typically, you know, you want uh, long-term play. So you want the users to come back long-term. So a lot of times what we'll end up seeing is, you know, a 30% return for the first 30 days. And, and those are typically pretty good benchmarks, um, you know. And, and again, they do depend on the app. Sometimes 30% is good. Sometimes 30% isn't good. Uh, so, it, again, it does depend on the app, but uh, I guess it's not unfair to say 30% uh, first 30 days. Yeah. And do you, do you notice a half-life of retention, or do you, you see on most of your clients that after a certain time, um, things plateau? So, for instance, you know, first 30 days, maybe 30%, and then next 60 days, it's a half, so it's 15%. But by three months, if someone has stuck with you for three months, they're more or less there for the long haul. Do you see something like that? Yeah, I think uh, actually the way that you pointed it out is exactly how we typically look at it. Uh, we look at it from um, 30 days, from 60 days to 90 days. Uh, and you're, you're absolutely right. I think uh, as as folks get in, there is certainly drop off from day 30 to day 60 to day 90. Uh, but you are right. Uh, the longer they stay on, uh, the definitely the more stickier and the more loyal that user becomes. So what is that you know magic plateau number of if you can keep them for X number of days or time, you're more or less, you know, really are at the core of your most loyal users. Do you have a range of days in which people can um, uh, achieve or try to stretch for? Yeah, a lot of times what we try to look for is users that will be around 50 to 60 days. Uh, I think those are really, really good indicators and a good fair time range of knowing when a user is going to be really loyal or not. Okay, great. Well, that has been David Zhang from Grow Mobile. Keep listening for more mobile power and profit. We'll be learning about mobile monetization in the next segment. Stay tuned. Stay tuned for more mobile power and profit after this brief profit timeout. Whether you are an online business or domain name investor, you need access to the best names. With over 270 million domains already registered, finding the right names at the best price requires a great wingman. Namejet.com puts you in the pilot seat by giving you fast and unparalleled access to some of the best premium and expired domain names on earth. As the number one domain name auction platform, Namejet.com is the best place to find domains for your business or investments. So light the afterburners to the domain name aftermarket and fly over to Namejet.com at box speed to get great domains today. Namejet.com. 
Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. Building better search engine rankings takes the right formula. Tracking those rankings is super simple. All you need is authoritylabs.com. Authority Labs uses automated daily rank tracking tools to monitor your site's performance or leverage their API to build your own tools. No matter what animal-labeled algorithms affect your ranking, you should be using Authority Labs. Unlimited users for no additional cost and white labeling can help keep your clients updated and save countless hours of creating reports. Whether you're running sites with just a few or millions of keywords, what you need is AuthorityLabs.com. Giving you the power to increase your profits. This is Mobile Power and Profit, presented by Rumble, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Once again, here's Wen Tu. Thank you for staying tuned to Mobile Power and Profit. Our final topic with David Zhang with Grow Mobile is mobile monetization. App monetization is top of mind for every app publisher out there. As the mobile app industry surpasses 102 billion annual app store downloads and $26 billion in revenue, what are some of the key current and upcoming mobile advertising and monetization trends that are shaping the mobile industry? I'm going to kind of stay consistent with our theme of content and product. uh, And I do believe this. uh, And I think a lot of developers also believe this. So what you're typically seeing is good premium content at uh, at a price, uh, customization of content at a price, uh, including uh, more and more rewarded videos. Um, So videos become a really, really big component of advertising in the mobile space. Um, You know, you we've definitely seen a huge increase of video placements and video monetization within apps uh, within the last 12 to 18 months. And that's going to continue. Yep. And so there has been a lot of hoopla around um, iOS 9 and ad blocking on at least mobile web. Um, but as people have looked more and more into iOS 9 release, it looks like there's a backdoor in blocking ads on native apps if the developer uses an iOS 9, iOS 9 web app framework in their code. What is that effect on your clients that are mostly native app publishers? Yeah, you know, it's that's an interesting question. I think right now it is somewhat early to say because iOS 9 for the most part is still um, new uh, in that sense. Uh, how, however, my, my take on advertising on mobile, I think overall these platforms, whether it's Apple or Android, you know, they're going to try to do their very best to protect the users from advertising. Uh, but at the same time, uh, I think there is an, an internal um, battle at Apple and Android and Google because they too actually want to show ads. Um, so I think you know they've done a relatively good job of balancing that fine line. Uh, but at the end of the day, I do believe that. Uh, 
you know, most users uh, are open to seeing apps, uh, to seeing ads, excuse me. Uh, I, I don't think um, users for the most part, uh, will stay away from apps or stay away from content or stay away from mobile products uh, because of uh, advertising. Yeah. So what are some things that you would recommend to your clients as, you know, there's so much angst about, you know, ad blocking and things like that. And it's su- such a major part of the business model of a lot of app developers. Sort of what kind of advice would you give them? Yeah, my my advice really would be to be flexible in uh, in where we look for potential channels, uh, where we look for potential placements. You know, uh, I think a lot of the out of value provide our clients is to be able to touch different placements, to touch different channels and uh, different areas of the, of the advertising landscape. Uh, and so, we definitely ask our clients to be flexible in that sense. So when you say different channels and different placements, are you referring to native ads? Yeah, so I, I'm referring to you know being flexible in doing interstitial ads versus uh, 320 by 50 banner ads, being flexible to video ads, to native ads, yeah. uh, to mobile search, to social, etc. Okay, so really being flexible and having a wide range of ad map options, it sort of sounds like yes, it, right? Yes, absolutely, yeah. Um, any other final tips before we wrap up uh, this episode on mobile monetization that you want to tell our listeners? Yeah, you know, I think it really goes back to the theme of this conversation. I think it's, uh, you know, being focused on the content and the product, making sure that you have a very good product and making it valuable to the user. And then also being flexible, uh, whether it's within your product or app or, you know, being uh, flexible in where you buy the media. I think uh, being nimble and flexible is highly important and just as important as having really good content and a really good product. Great. Thank you. So we've been talking with David Zhang from Grow Mobile. Uh, A lot of tips that he gave us. Number one, when it comes to user acquisition, make sure you have the right content and product. Number two, to make sure it's right, test, test, and test again to really get that feedback to make sure you know what's working and what's not working. And also, as the landscape changes with all the different technological shifts out there and requirements, look at all the potential channels that you can possibly have out there when it comes to mobile monetization. It's been great having you on the show, David. Thank you. Thank you. Really appreciate your time as well. And to all our listeners, remember, you can find this and more podcast episodes of Mobile Power and Profit in the iTunes store or simply go to mobilepowerandprofit.com. Tell us what you thought of today's episode on social media using the hashtag RumbleMPP. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of Mobile Power and Profit, presented by Rumble, the ultimate platform to run your mobile business. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program as well as our complete library of programs on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program 
are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.